This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Today I've got a special guest who's going to walk us through his experience with the Patterson Program for Rheumatoid Arthritis. It's going to be really interesting and inspirational. His name is Colin. He is in Ireland and he came into my world around, uh, well, as I said, two years ago, but he joined the Patterson Program Support, as it was called, or Rheumatoid Support. And ever since, he's been the best possible member because all he does is post his updates and say how, is he, how he has been improving. And recently just said, look, he's made it as far as he had ever dreamt to go with his health turnaround, coming off medications, improving his lifestyle, getting rid of pain. So Colin is going to tell us all today. Welcome, Colin. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's, it's my graduation day today. Yeah. And you mentioned to me that you have uh, watched a lot of these podcast episodes in the past. So have you found that these have been a part of your journey along the way? Absolutely. It's the main reason I wanted to do this today, you know, because um, when I started the program in my lowest moments, I watched these podcasts and these were the inspiration for me that kept me going. One in particular, a Spanish guy called Ruben, and this is Ruben here. And I wanted to do a shout out for Ruben because this guy inspired me. I watched his video on repeat all the time when I was down because it was just such a great podcast. And um, yeah, because look, you know, when you take something on like this, it's such an unknown. And the, thi- oh, the only thing you're thinking is, I believed it worked. I could tell it worked, but is it going to work for me? And that's the great unknown, I think. So that was, it was that doubt that was eaten away in my head throughout, I think, that um, is it going to work for me? So yeah, when you're eating that buckwheat, you know, three times a day, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's the pressing question, really. It has worked. And it also plays on your mind a little more when your diagnosis is not rheumatoid because you were diagnosed with sciatic arthritis. And a common question that we get from people who are, you know, thinking about starting this is, will it work for sciatic arthritis or will it work for ankylosing spondylitis or some variation of the body that's been afflicted by joint inflammation? And so I think it's good to also uh, acknowledge that it was sciatic arthritis, which was your diagnosis. And for me, just to remind our audience that uh, as far as I'm concerned, in far as, as far as the approach is concerned, there are no differences in terms of how we go about this treatment and this condition and our aim to improve. So you were diagnosed with sciatic arthritis. Why don't you, before you give us the long version, Tell us what drugs you're on, what you've been able to come off and how you feel today compared to when you started. So, yeah, I was on methotrexate, a drug called Arcoxia, Lanzaprazole, and then Sulfazalazine. That was the cocktail I was taking every morning for, I took those for about seven or eight months. Once I started the program, I quite quickly started trying to wean off as much as I could. I didn't dabble with, I kept taking the methotrexate. But yeah, I got results. It, it, it took some time, but um, like you know, I was off the methotrexate the following year, and now I am one hundred percent better, pain free, medication free. 
And most importantly for me, back running, because that was the one thing that I was, the arthritis had stopped me from doing. Um, I was desperate to get back to sport and back running and I'm doing that. So I, I'm 100% better, yeah. Yeah, it's just fantastic to see. I know that Dr. McDougall, whenever he gets sent, you know, success stories via him, you know, he always says they never get old. And each time I hear of someone saying that they've improved, uh, in your case, dramatically, and in some cases, just it might be just getting rid of a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, whatever the, the small improvement might be, it never gets old. And I'm sitting here just you know, listening to this, not as someone who is on the other side of the sort of transaction of a Patterson program, but as someone as a person to person, just feeling so happy that you are feeling better because these diseases, whatever we want to label them from the medical side of things, uh, they're just atrocious. So um, walk me through uh, how bad you were when this went down and, um, and walk us through the steps that you went through. Yeah. So initially for me, like I say, my symptoms were, I would say, you know, they weren't good, but they were, they were still fairly mild compared to some of this. I mean, compared to yourself, for example, when I watched your TED, Ted talk, you know, your symptoms were horrendous, but my symptoms got worse was the thing. And that's when I came to the program because my symptoms got dram- drastically worse quickly. And that's what really scared me. But initially it was May, 2017. It was the end of the month. It was our wedding anniversary, my wife, Celine and I's wedding anniversary. My birth, and I remember it vividly. We had three nights out in a row. And this was kind of a sign of my lifestyle at the time. We had three quite, um, let's say, over the top meals out, like wine tasting, you know, really, really sort of indulgent meals. <laughs> three nights in a row, one for our wedding anniversary, one seeing my parents. We we're having like a tapas tasting night. And the third night was my cousin's wedding. So I had three nights in a row on all of the richest foods, wines. And that was the way I was living at the time anyway. My weight was up and down, and I remember waking up days after that three-night feast, as it were, and uh, my toe, my, my inner toe, my ring toe, I think it's called, was purple, was just in agony, burning. And that was the first sign. And I thought, what has happened? I just, and I, I was thinking, was I drunk? Did I kick my toe off something? I had no idea what it was, just no idea. And it went on, and then the symptoms, and I started getting pains in my little finger, and I played piano. I was thinking... Is it that? Am I playing the piano too hard? So just little signs were creeping in. And then I started getting tests done at the doctors. We thought it was maybe gout. You know, anyway, long story short, it took me five months to get diagnosed. And then I was diagnosed in November 2017. Rheumatologist said, you've got psoriatic arthritis. You will be seeing a rheumatologist for the rest of your life and you'll be on medication for the rest of your life. And I took it fine, to be honest, because after five months of pain, I just wanted to get better. So I absolutely no problem. It's, that's my nature. I was like, I'm quite stubborn. I'll just get the head down. I'll do whatever it takes to get better. So, that, so that, that was what happened. And then I started then the medication. She gave me Christmas off. And then I started the medication, as it were, in January. She said, have Christmas, go eat, drink what you want. But you'll be going on methotrexate in January and you'll probably have to stop alcohol. Which again, I kind of tried to find the positives. I said, right, now is my opportunity to get fit. I'm going to be giving up all these things now. I thought I'm going to get fit and I'm going to start triathlon and I'm going to do a triathlon this year. So I started taking the medication, started making some dietary adjustments because you know what it's like. You start reading up, don't you, about other things that can help. But there's so much information out there about, you know, what to eat, what not to eat. But until I find the program, then I really find out what not to eat, you know. But yeah, I remember chuckling to myself initially. It was like, 
the three things that you should not eat if you've got arthritis are red or have, have or red wine, bread and steak. I think it was at that. And I was just like, oh, these are my favorite things in the world. And beer and beer. I was like, oh my God. So anyway, um, I spent four or five months taking the medication. Side effects, hard to tell, but I, I think, you know, I was, I was, I felt like I was getting like kind of sort of brain fog. And I think when I went on the sulfazalazine, especially, I started to really notice then just, I think even psychologically, I was 39, I was getting up in the morning and I was taking four or five pills in the morning. You know, I think just that was getting into my head a bit. I started making some dietary changes, like I say, um, but then sort of like five, six months in, I had like a bit of a knock in my career. I was going for a job and it didn't work out or something like that. I was on my holidays in Ireland with my parents and I said, screw this. I'm going to eat and drink what I want for a week on holiday. And I ate like fried foods, had some alcohol again, stuff like this. And I mean, within days, I, I went from someone that was having some pain in my foot and unable to run to not able to get out of bed. Like agony, my back, it hit my back, it hit my chest bone, my hands were like in excruciating pain. And that scared the hell out of me. And it was, and then it was just, what do I do? And that was my lowest ebb. Like I really, just, I think it all hit me at that point. Maybe I was in denial about the whole thing up to that point, but I was in a really dark place then. Um, it's cruel how this happens. I mean, I remember a similar experience where you're in a situation where you're meant to be happy and you're meant to be celebrating and it's a, it's a good time. And then your body at that precise moment says, this is when I'm going to, you know, really fall apart. And for me, it was, I proposed to Melissa, um, we were in a place called Blue Mountains, which is about an hour out of Sydney. And it's a gorgeous place with uh, spectacular views and valleys and flying co white cockatoos. And I, we got up early in the morning and I proposed in the morning, uh, agonizingly on my, my left knee. And that night we just to celebrate, just went to a local, uh, restaurant and I had pizza for the first time in a long time, because we'd already been sort of exploring improved dietary habits. Uh, and then the next day, you know, the day after we've gotten engaged and I'm just hurting, you know, I was hurting from that pizza. Uh, and I don't think I've ever eaten it since. So that's, that's going back a long time. So um, I understand, I understand the body just, the body doesn't like parties, does it? No, no. And um, yeah, I just, I just shut down at that point. And, you know, I was actually, while all this was going on, I was on the waiting list to go on Humira because I'd, I'd read about Humira and it was just, I was so excited. I was like, this is the cure. This is what, if I can get this, I can go back to my old ways of life and I'll be healed. Um, so it was sort of a really, I hit this juncture in my life where I was desperate to get the cure. Well, I'm assuming that was the biologic, you know, and I know the biologic does work for a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, I watched your TED talk. And when I watched the TED talk, it was just, my mind was blown because I, I, I had actually said to Celine up to this point, my wife had said, I have not been ill at all in my life. And it is just like someone has switched the tap on. And I was like, there must be a way to switch this off. And I haven't got a medical bone in my body. So I, I wasn't the person that was going to find that out. But then I watched your TED talk and I just knew that was, this guy has been through this. This is real and this is how to fix it. So I watched your TED talk. I, thought, I think I signed up to the Palestine program. And then the next day I had the phone call saying, come to the clinic and we've got your, your Humira ready. And wow. uh, I said, well, I'm not sure I want to take it now. And they said, well, just come in anyway and talk to the rheumatologist. So I, I literally was sitting in the clinic with like six other patients opposite me. And I pretty much now in my head, I know there's a way out of this. And 
I mean, it was there was no dilemma. I just said to the rheumatologist, I'm, I'm going another way with this, a dietary way. And, you know, I mean, I have to be honest, anyone medical I've spoken to throughout this process, it's always met with pretty much apathy at best, you know. Um, they're like, okay, diet, yeah, okay. So that was it. I walked out of there and it was just like the most empowering feeling to walk away from mm. what I knew would be a really good solution for me, the biologic, to go and embark on this jumping off a cliff really into the abyss, which is which is really what it was, really taking on the program. I, I knew I, I knew what you had done was real, but again, it was will this work for me? And I think that for me was just the great unknown. And you know, but yeah, I did it. Um, and Anthony Robbins. You know, I used to attend Anthony Robbins seminars quite a lot and I did his university, which involves going to Fiji and uh, doing all sorts of mastery courses, as he, as he says. He has a great phrase, which is burn the boats, um, which is a reference to a short story that he always tells, which is that if, you know, a small group of tribes people are on a canoe uh, or a set of canoes and then they want to take over an island and occupy the island as the you know, and force themselves upon the current occupants and become new residents, uh, then they jump off the boats, swim towards the island, someone burns the boats. And so there's no way out. There's no way back. And I just thought of that uh, when you were talking about walking away from the Humira. You burnt the boat. You, there's no way back. You basically uh, just went for it. And that mentality tends to sow deep roots of determination when you know it's, it's, it's this way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I there, there were boats burned. And um, thankfully, though, I have to say my wife was there with the petrol can because she was totally my, you know, rock through this. That cliche is so true. You know, I've recommended this program to other people and it, people probably not an, as fortunate to have a, a support system like I had. But the weekend I start, started the program, which was this day, two years ago, which is why I wanted to do the podcast today. Celine was there with the juices and I was trying to work and she was just bringing it in on the, you know, on the, we had a schedule going. And so it was amazing. And she actually said, I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to do it with you. And to be fair, she lasted a week because <laughs> she was eating the buckwheat with me. And then even she sort of like went, right, you're off you're on your own now. But her support was incredible. And, you know, your partner has to sacrifice too, because eating out for us was such a big part of our life, you know? And she, yeah. she she sacrificed all of that, you know, because she was desperate for me to get better, you know. And um, and it was a long road, you know, those months on the buckwheat. And, you know, the, one of the hardest ones for me was we were going on holiday quite soon after I started the program. I started in August and then we went on holiday in, in October to um, Mallorca. And I, I brought the, the little rice machine with me and eating out, you know, on holiday, you know, was, so, again, such a big part of eating out. And that was, that was hard. And I mean, my weight was dropping off at a rate of knots at that point too, you know. So I went from, you know, walking around healthy. When I was unhealthy, I'd have been 13 stone. Healthy, 12. I dropped down to 10, 3 really quite mm. quickly. And, you know, then you get family that are worried about you. Yeah. I took a little bit of time off work and I wasn't even sure if work weren't sure if they, I wasn't sure they believed me work when I was saying I needed some time off. And then I came back to work after three months and they saw me and I, you could just see people's faces going, what has happened to him? Uh, and again, those, those things start to weigh in your mind. You know, I've started to get insecure about my weight. It's, inc- it's incredible. The guy that was always trying to get his weight down was suddenly I was wearing heavy jumpers to hide the fact I dropped so much weight. So yeah, it was a it was a crazy, crazy first three or four months, you know, going through that. But 
Again, I think my determination, inspiration from you, the support group, from Ruben, my Spanish friend, uh, I think just that kept me going and I just got my head on and I just started embracing it and I was just, get, give me the buckwheat and I was like buying these giant sacks of buckwheat and just, just getting stuck into it, like just like a, like a savage. And uh, um, yeah, but I, I stuck with it. And, you know, slowly but surely that, you know, and I made mistakes. I made mistakes as, you know, you're looking at that, that food plan about the advanced foods and was constantly wanting to get to advanced, you know, and there'd be a little spike in pain and you'd have to, you know, retreat and go back to basics, you know? But yeah, it's, mm. uh, it was, it was a war zone in the, in the early days. Yeah. There's no end to the challenges that get thrown at you when you're trying to heal uh, one of them you you emphasize is the weight loss, and I personally uh, uh, faced that with family members and friends as well. Became very self conscious as you did, and in my case, it was really extreme because I did eight months of a raw food diet. And for folks watching or listening, there's a certain weight loss with a sort of low fat baseline kind of Patterson program diet. And then there's a whole new level below that, which is a raw vegan diet. And I actually, um, you know, don't recommend people go raw vegan for that purpose, even though it's extraordinarily cleansing and health healing, I want to say. I don't know about healthy. I don't know if it's too extreme. And that's why I don't recommend it. I, I, I want to sleep at night feeling comfortable that people are doing something that I have done personally and felt safe doing. Um, but uh, yeah, the weight loss is, seems to worry family members more than if a family member were taking 15 different medications. It's a strange thing. My family members would prefer that you're doing a, a cocktail of drugs than looking like you're underweight. Uh, did you also find that that strange phenomenon exists? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like when you tell people, I found this guy on the internet, <laughs> you know, that has the cure. Of the person. They're like, you're crazy. You know, I had this massive phone out with my brother who's a really, who has been really supportive as well. But initially he was just like, Cole, this is, this guy's giving you false hope. What are you doing? You're paying. Like It, it was just, and I, and it really, really infuriated me, you know, because <laughs> I'm not stupid. I've got good instincts and I knew you weren't a fraud, Clint. <laughs> I knew this was legit. <laughs> You know, but yeah, when you say that to people, I find this, I find this other way on the internet or, you know, it's just, it's met with just, mm. you know, absolute cynicism and for good reason, because there are plenty of con men out there, but, but yeah, the weight loss. Yeah. My parents were worried about me. Of course they were. And, and, I, and I wasn't worried about me. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, people that love you, they're worried for you, but I wasn't, you know, I just wanted to get better and get back. But I think the other thing that contributed to my weight loss was, you know, I was at base plat, you know, base on stage you know eating these really basic foods but i was also probably over exercising because my other way of getting through it was because you recommended a bit of exercise i took that to the to the extreme you know and i was like i'm gonna do triathlon i'm gonna get super fit and so i was probably over training as well so i was always a you know calorie sort of deficiency probably and what we find and you would have found is that if we look at extremes if we don't eat then everything goes away for almost everyone. Like you have zero pain, right? And so subconsciously, that's attractive. It is. And then, but the opposite being true uh, in that extreme eating, particularly high fat foods, animal foods, we're going to feel very, very high levels of inflammation. But 
maintaining weight's trivial. And you know, if you look around with people without any kind of reasons to restrict their eating, most people are overweight. Okay. So with that sort of platform in our mind and us hating and loathing the pain, it's easy to sort of want to take the road of low pain and less calorie intake because it feels better on our joints. And that's what only someone with inflammatory arthritis can understand through that experience. And also when you look around and everyone's overweight, it just seems absolutely impossible to be underweight unless you've got cancer or something really terrible, right? Because food is so abundant and easy to access and so overly laden with unhealthiness that most people are fat. Yeah. Let's talk about your exercise. You know that I recommend it. I, I think that over-exercising is a, is a far better error than under. So tell me about your exercising and how that helped drive down inflammation and make you feel. Well, I mean, even on, even on a sort of an emotional level, you know, the endorphin hit you get from exercise is just, you know, incredible. So even on that level, it, it helped me get through. It gave me a new focus, you know, to replace that kind of party animal eating too much, eating out too much person that I was, you know, it gave me a different focus, you know, it was replacing one thing with another, but, um, I obviously, you know, I I played a lot of football when I was younger. I, you know, I was probably quite a talented runner, but because my diet was so up and down, I was never really probably achieved what I could have achieved, you know, in terms of taking part in, you know, marathons and stuff. But I wanted to get, get so desperately get back to running that this, this pain that began in that little toe, wouldn't shift. That was the one area I could not shift the pain in. So I took up swimming alongside doing the brick cram yoga. I took up swimming, you know, and I grew up swimming breaststroke in the pool, but I took, I started to learn front crawl. And, um, I just started swimming just like four times a week and stuff like that. And obviously swimming's amazing. If you've got any joint pains, you know, and you know, swimming led to then getting a swimming coach and joining a triathlon club. And yeah, I mean, like last year I took part in an event up here, 150 swimmers came third overall someone that never swam, you know, and doing more races. And I've, I've joined a tri- triathlon club here in Galway and I love swimming and I'm quite talented at it. You know, I'm not club swimmer talented, but as a triathlon, as a triathlete, I'm a talented triathlete swimmer, you know? Um, so that, and then um, yoga, obviously. Uh, I came to the yoga a little bit later than I had planned, but I found a hot yoga clinic in Belfast, joined that. And that was just amazing. Cause again, I had this back pain and shoulder pain I was only doing the hour-long classes, and I found great relief from that. And again, even just psychologically, just those small moments of meditation in those classes was just a great way to step out from work, step away from the program, and just take some time to just think and, you know, just kind of clear the head, you know. So the yoga was amazing. I went to that yoga class for easily a year, year and a half, and loved it. And then I actually started to realize all this time doing endurance sports, whether it's running or, or cycling, Bikram yoga is the hardest, the hardest. 90 minutes of that class is seriously kick-ass. If you can come through that and do the exercises properly, like I would see guys coming into this class who had obviously brought, been brought in by friends, fit, really fit, ripped rugby player guys. They were walking out of that class within half an hour to an hour because it is hardcore. And, um, you know, you are getting to the point of passing out. I found, you know, with just the heat, the heart rate, and I loved it. I really loved it. So I'm going to go back to that, you know, but um, yes, <laughs> when I was on the program, it was, it's intense. 
Oh, yeah. Look, there's no part of this that isn't intense, is it? The dietary side's extremely challenging. And then you've got the highest recommendation that I provide, which is the Bikram yoga, which as you described is like above all else is so challenging. But I say, I just, I just back this up and say, what we're looking for is results. And we're up against the worst possible sort of inflammatory challenge we could ever unfortunately hope to have in our lives. And if we have a massive energy enemy, we need a massive offense. And this is what it is. It's about it's about taking the best of the best and putting it together to give ourselves the best possible chance. And you've done that and your results are nothing short of extraordinary. And so your rheumatologist, if you're still seeing the same one, has very likely never in his career seen someone achieve what you've achieved. And that's because you've put all of the pieces of the puzzle together, these very, very challenging parts, and you've just gone and done it. So I'm interested to get your feedback that you uh, heard from him or her. Her. She was lovely and really supportive. I've been discharged, so I'm not seeing her anymore because, uh, because I've moved home from Belfast to the Republic of Ireland quite recently, and she knew that was coming up. She just said, Colin, I'm going to discharge you because... You're better and um, you're not taking any medication. So, you know, like I say, I came off methotrexate last July. You know, I could have done this podcast with you last year, Clint, to be honest. I mean, the reason it's taken me so long to get around to doing it was purely because I wanted to have some triathlon medals around my neck. But COVID unfortunately got in the way of that. So all the events I was going to do um, have been put on hold. Um, yeah, no, I mean, whenever I first told uh, Dr. Ball that I was doing this program, I mean, she was supportive. Again, she was, she's not a nutritionist, you know, she said to me, yeah, "Yeah, look, I mean, I know some people have, you know, have benefits, you know, from making dietary changes. But when I told her what my changes were, she was like, wow, well, how are you going to lead a life when you can't eat out anymore and all those things? And, you know, and I guess, yeah, there are medication enables you to continue exactly where you left off this takes you have to take a different a different direction with this you know but i'm very happy with the direction that my life's taken and i am back eating out and i eat an amazing diet of food now you know so i, I wouldn't change it for the world to be in the situation that i'm in now off medication pain-free back running and you know eating a, an expansive plant-based diet i'm happy yeah, that's fantastic. Let's explore your diet a little bit more. Uh, tell us, you know, uh, if you have some emissions or if it's easier, just tell us what you can eat in terms of, you know, the, the diversity. I don't think there are any emissions in terms of, in terms of plant-based food. And I, I even have some little cheats now and again. I have, I've, I, had, I have a little beer every now and again. I don't have a lot of alcohol, yeah. but I have some alcohol. And yeah, I just take every recipe on the sun from the internet your good wife melissa back in the day was where i started then uh ida the ferry the kitchen yeah. ferret, ida who's done the program and now the happy pair the guys over here in ireland who do have their own youtube channel take a lot of their foods if they cook with oil i omit oil but yeah i eat i stay strict i, I stay generally strictly to plant-based food and i cut all out all oils and um it works mm. you know Mm, that's it. That's the magic formula. Uh, and that's where we're heading. So, you know, I think it's really important because we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the challenges and being very transparent. You know, we're just being straight up. This is hard work. 
This requires determination. This is a big commitment. Nothing's easy. You'll be faced with challenges. But then on the flip side, you know, we're now talking about how you you have a very diverse plant-based diet without exceptions. You can have the occasional beer. And the only thing that you avoid that's commonly in plant-based diets is oil. And we, you know, oil isn't a isn't a natural food anyway. It's a processed food. It's something that typically is highly inflammatory. We have this concept of, uh, you know, omega threes versus omega sixes and so forth. But once you heat oil, the free radical damage that's done to the body is significant. It increases oxidative stress. It coagulates the red blood cells. It just makes you feel sluggish. And so it's not a natural food. It causes us to have more inflammation and look, it's just something that we have to say, okay, look, I'm a little bit high maintenance when I go to the restaurant. I'm going to ask for no oil on my naan bread, no ghee or whatever. And I'm going to ask for foods that, you know, when I uh, have cooked with friends, don't cook with oil. And as long as that's done, then you're not that difficult to please when you eat out. It's not hard to do at home, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not it's not that drastic a lifestyle change, actually. Whenever you think of all the benefits that I have now of living this way compared to the, the alternative. Yeah, so I have to phone a restaurant in advance, you know. Or if I'm in a new city yeah. which I am now, I have to I'm I'm trying to find restaurants that can cater for me. But once I find five or six and I will, that gives us options to go and eat out, you know, which is great. Yeah, no, the food the food has been revelatory really, because again, I, I mean I remember speaking to vegans even wet prior to me ever getting involved in, you know, eating this type of food. And I, the first thing you think is, what do you eat? What do you possibly eat? And then when you actually delve into it and you explore all the possibilities, the food is amazing. Like it really is amazing and colorful and rich and tasty, you know, um, takes a bit more time to prepare it, obviously, but, but it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's time well spent, right? Yeah. It's better than time recovering from agonizing, you know, reactions yeah. to to the bad foods. Uh, can you tell me um, a couple of things I want to touch upon before we, uh, before we close out? I want to talk about your achievements with your exercise and your competition triathlons just a little bit more because, you know, that's fascinating to me how your body's responding and whether or not you feel competitive on these plant-based diet and how you might compare what you would have been like if you would have been eating, you know, conventional foods. And then I also want to talk about what your experience and which was with off the salazine and the methotrexate. So there's people who are on those drugs and I want them to learn how you went about it. So in any order, um, if you could let us know on those two topics. So in terms of the exercise where I am now, I'm still quite lean, obviously, because I'm not eating, you know, hundreds of grams of protein, trying to take in the amount of protein required to build muscle, you know, would, is, it's an astronomical amount of food. And I have tried it, but I'm just not sure I need it, to be honest. I mean, I think I was recommended that, that I'd need to be taking about 120 grams a day to be building the muscle, like, you know, significant muscle gains, you know. And that is like an awful lot of chickpeas, kidney beans. It's, 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 also, not, yeah, it's also not true. Yeah, 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 it's also not true. Yeah, yeah. So I've gained weight on orange juice and white rice. I put on three kilos in a month one time just eating that. Yeah. So like it's not true. Yeah. What I find is when I'm in a really strict routine of training anyway, I'm getting good physique from swimming, you know, anyway, you know, lean and, you know, and, and fast through the water, you know. So in that respect, fine. 
slightly more challenging for me has been just recovering from not having been on my feet for four years. You know, I, I, I was not running for four years or so because, you know, there were so many other injuries prior to my arthritis diagnosis that were possibly arthritis related, but just my legs just haven't had that conditioning, you know? So for me, and again, because I'm an idiot, when I go out and train, I'm over, I'm still overtraining a bit on the running. I'm going out. And as soon as I get the music in, I'm like, flying out of the blocks you know and doing five six miles at sub seven minute pace and then it's taken me a week to recover you know but i'm just so happy and excited to be back running that it's hard to kind of cage that that enthusiasm to be honest because it's just when i'm out running it's just like the miracle is complete for me so in that sense if i calm down a little bit and i start going a little bit slower a little bit longer um, I would probably, yeah, get the conditioning back, you know, because my Achilles is a bit tight, you know, after going out so hard and so fast and stuff like that. So, yeah, trying to, trying to, I guess, get, get the, the tendons and stuff back fit and strong, I guess, is a challenge for me, but easily fixable. And then in terms of cycling, I think for me, you know, cycling, stamina gets you so far. It's a power sport. And I feel like, you know, to get the calves strong, really, and put power through the pedals, I feel like, you know, that may need just more time it's it's the one discipline of the three that i've spent the least time on you know i've been swimming a hell of a lot back running now so mm. the bike and the, the final kind of piece of the jigsaw for me so yeah it's a challenge it's a challenge when you're eating a plant-based diet but it's you know like i say I'm, I'm competing against people that eat regular food and i'm getting on the podium so so that's great you know and then in terms of the methotrexate and the sulfazalazine it was how, how i came off them is that what you were asking Yes. Uh, what strategies did you use and were you working closely with your rheumatologist and, and whether or not she was supportive and just the whole, you know, just anything that might be helpful for anyone wanting to, to do that? Yeah. I mean, it was, I st- it was the one drug, I think I was taking the, um, I, was, I was taking painkillers when I started the program. And I remember watching one of your videos that said that they are really bad for your gut health. So that was the one drug I just dropped overnight. As soon as I watched that, I thought, I need to get this out of my body because there's no point in me doing this program, which may have been a bit reckless. And I did see a little spike in pain because I dropped it so quickly. I didn't wean off it, but it was a spike I was willing to take because I just thought this is just going to inhibit my progress on what's the point in making all these dietary sacrifices if I'm still taking something else that's going to, you know, affect my gut health. So that one I dropped quickly, but in terms of the methotrexate, I stayed, I stayed very strictly to your kind of, you know, your schedule on that and how to go about that and how to wean off that. And I did that really strictly. I can't remember exactly the amounts I was taking, but, you know, I weaned off month by month very gradually. And I did speak to my rheumatologist about it. And she said, yeah, if you're feeling better, drop another, you know, 2.5 mils or something like that. I think it was like a four month progress or some four month process. And I slowly came off that. Sulfazalazine, I Think, I don't recall, but I don't think there was any weaning off that. And that was the one I was glad to get rid of. Because for me, I just felt that that one combined with the other medication, I felt like it was giving me side effects that weren't pleasant for me. But yeah, the methotrexate was, yeah, it was the weaning process. And, you know, and then there's that, there's also that other unknown at the other side of all this, you know, the unknown at the start is, is this going to work for me? Then it's working. Then it's that weaning process. And then you think, right, I'm getting into this final, final phase now. When I stopped the methotrexate, is it going to come back? And that's always your fear, isn't yeah. it? With this thing? And it didn't, you know. And I think by the time I got to that point, you know, it'd been, it had been a year 
And, you know, I probably could have weaned off it sooner. You know, I was probably seeing really good results within four or five months of the program, to be honest. I was up to advanced foods within six months easily. So I really took my time with that final six months, really, before I came off it. But yeah, once I did, it was just like it felt natural. I was ready. I knew it. You know, it's, it's a very strange experience, this whole thing, in the sense that you go from this absolute extreme diet, weight loss, to then your the foods do start to improve. Then you get to advance. And then the final stages, you I wouldn't like to say take them for granted, but suddenly I was I was better. Suddenly I was a hundred percent better. And I didn't even notice it because I'd put in so much work and effort. So those first six months, you know. So yeah, that was it. And um I need to thank you, you know, because it was it was your it was your TED talk. It was all of your, you know, the all the work you put into the program and your videos and your literature and then your help from Melissa and your podcast and Dr. McDougal as well. You know, I watched a lot of his his um videos as well. You know, it was just the work you guys have put into this, you know, it was it was if, if you hadn't been out there, I would never have been here. I'd have been, you know, back taking the meds and doing something else, you know. And um so yeah. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you, Colin. Because uh, you know what? You know, I think you may have heard me say this before, but uh, Melissa and I spoke about this, and Melissa said that if we only help one person by documenting everything and pulling it all together and putting it up on the internet, uh, then it will be worth my experience and worth putting the time in to make it all and put. You know, a lot of so much time has been put into cross-referencing the the scientific studies and making sure that some of our uh, some of our personal experiences and I say ours because Melissa was there for me the the entire time were compatible with the feedback that we get from other people who use the program because some of it you can't put science behind it science has never been done in some small aspects of the program and and uh yeah so I uh, say thank you because uh you know, yourself uh, is is the picture we had in our mind for, for when we were struggling too. I, I got excited and I thought, if God, if this, if I can get through this and 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 I'm onto something here and that this can help other people, then that was motivating for me. So, you know, we all we all have people to thank, and as you mentioned, Dr. McDougal, and it's en- endless other people who I drew from uh, as well. So we're all just sharing information, and now you're going to inspire people the same way that Ruben touched upon you. And, you know, we're all just doing something for each other. That's why I wanted to do this podcast, really, because I just know that in my darkest, lowest moments, you know, watching these helped me so much that I thought the same, same, same thing you've just said. If one person watches this and is inspired by it, it's the, it's the motivation that says, yeah, I'm going to keep eating this buckwheat. I'm going to keep going. You know, I just think it's worth doing because you know, this program works, you know, it works and it can work for you. You just have to put the effort in because, you know, and it's a, it's a huge effort. It's a massive push, but you can get there, you know, and it's so worth it. It is so worth it because when you're in your lowest, lowest kind of points with this whole horrible condition, like you don't see a way out of it, you know, and there is a way out, you know, there is another way. And I think, I think that's really important. Um, And I think it's just worth reminding people that there are so many of us who have come through and, uh, and are happier and healthier for it. Yeah, thanks, Colin. So a little call to action to anyone who's watching this who who knows someone who's done this program and has, has done fabulously well, and or perhaps it's yourself and you have a great story to share, something inspirational, then please reach out to me because, you know, I love doing these interviews and 
constant feedback I get is, you know, I, I just listen to the podcast is what I hear from everyone and I love the stories and they keep me going. Uh, so exactly like you've described, Colin, and, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to, uh, uh, to have had this chat with you today and to meet you personally after, as I said at the beginning of this conversation, you joined the support platform you, I don't think you asked for help more than about twice. And the rest of the time, you would just pop in every couple of months and you'd say, this is where I'm up to. I'm making progress. And we'd all cheer you on. And then you'd disappear for another two months, you know. <laughs> and, back in the world, back to the buckwheat. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's, it was just such an amazing yeah. resource to, to hmm. be able to connect with other people going through the same thing as you, to share that kind of information, to ask questions you know, are these foods safe? What do people think of this? To share food recipes, you know, mm-hmm. it's invaluable, you know, and the food is such a big thing, you know, like to be able to mm-hmm. share food recipes, you know, at that, in those early stages, just when you're able to advance that little bit further to find something with that bit more flavor in it, you know, it's, it just, it just pushes you on, you know? So um, yeah, it's a great resource and I'd highly recommend it to anyone watching if they're thinking about, you know, signing up. Absolutely, go for it. Embrace it. Embrace the buckwheat. That's my motto. Eat the buckwheat. Eat the buckwheat. You will get there. On you, mate. Well, I, uh, I guess, you know, you don't have a website or anything like that. You've got nothing to promote and nothing to sort of share in that department. Um, and so I'm not going to ask you for that. But do you have a social media platform where people could watch and see if you've, you know, got on the podium again with an upcoming uh, yeah. triathlon or something similar? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at calldogodonnell, C-O-L-D-O-G-O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L. That's my Twitter handle. Yeah, look, look, this whole thing has changed my life in such an incredible way. I may well get done right. I'm, I'm a screenwriter by trade. I may sit down and, you know, if the triathlon stuff takes off, I might write a book. I don't know. Um, my wife and I are talking about maybe opening a hotel in, in Spain or Mallorca that caters to Patterson program, people that sign up to the program, stuff like Because that was the big thing for me when you're abroad. There's nowhere to eat, you know. So we've been talking about various ideas, but I'll be back in touch if any of those things, you know, come to fruition. Yeah. Certainly find me on Twitter. If anyone has any questions, I'd be more than happy to help. Fantastic. Well, good on you, Colin. Much appreciated. I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, I uh, yeah, just want to thank you again. Thank you. And good luck to everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.